May 25th, 2023. I am joined by Kale. What's up, hot dogs? How's it going, man? It's been a minute. You've been uh, you've been away. I did. I went to Luxembourg, the dreaded Luxembourg. I went back <laughs> so that <laughs> Jess could finish May her 25th, mission, and she did it, and now she is a doctor of comic books. Well, that's a beautiful thing. Clap it up for Jess. Love that for her. Uh, give her my uh, my congratulations. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, we can have her on to celebrate at some point. How are you guys doing? How are you guys doing that are watching? Let us know how you're feeling on this fine Thursday afternoon. We got some comic books to talk about. We are reviewing Action Comics number ten fifty five. Uh, we've got Doom Patrol number three. Looking forward to talking about that. Uh, Green Arrow number two, slightly different opinions about that. Uh, we had to do it for all the city boys trying to live it up this summer. We had to represent for every single one of you. We added city boy number one to the pile this week. Can't Kale, wait for you to explain that reference to me. Are, are you not a city boy? I have, I have no idea. <laughs> I was raised in the country. All right, well, you know what? I'm a city boy, and so is Nick Fury, uh, at least this iteration of Nick Fury. We're going to be talking about Fury number one uh, here if in it, just a bit. If if that's what you two have in common, I'm not sure I'm a city boy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I mean, blackness is not the only thing that we have in common. I'm just pretty sure he grew up, you know, as a city boy. Oh, I uh, just meant your vision impair. Oh, oh well, all right. Sorry, I... Uh, I misunderstood. Uh, City Boys up. Matt in the chat. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. We're going to, trust me, we're going to be talking all about that a little bit later. Let's dive right in, though, and chat about Action Comics 1055. This is Philip Kennedy Johnson, who has been, as we've talked about many times, just absolutely destroying on this book uh, with art by Rafa Sandoval, colors by Matt Herms, letters by Dave Sharp. So uh, the story for a minute now, has been that um, Metallo is corrupted. And someone has uh, basically blackmailed him. They've got his sister, and he has to kill Superman or at least distract Superman in order to get his sister back eventually. And now we know, after the last issue, that it's been Cyborg Superman dialing in mm. All the way from the Phantom Zone. My man. Is. Where is the Phantom Zone? Like. That's not even in. This dimension. Right? Isn't that New Jersey? <laughs> well. D Jersey's not in this dimension. I don't know if you knew that. But. Uh, yeah. Do you know. Like. Is the Phantom Zone. And in, in, it's in an alternate dimension. Right? It, it is an alternate dimension. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think yeah. I think it's like a a pocket dimension. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we learned that, or not, we learned, but uh, Cyborg Superman is able to use his technopathic powers to connect to technology on Earth and use it to reconstruct himself. That's pretty cool. And here's the thing: I am literally sitting above my Wi-Fi router, and I'm having internet trouble. <laughs> I cannot buy that. You're telling me 
Hector Hammond gets Bluetooth signal from the Phantom Zone to Metropolis. That's nuts. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Manny says, Cyborg Superman, next level hating. Absolutely. <laughs> I love this character. I, I really yeah. do. Um, he's... First of all, his look, his design is fantastic. And it's pretty simple. Like, he just looks like a Superman Terminator. That's it. Um, but it's effective. And I liked it here. I really, really liked the art. I thought Rafa Sandoval did a great job um, with all of the different technologically influenced characters. Uh, we've got a few, Cyborg Superman, Metallo, um, and then, you know, a surprise character a little bit later. So, um, you know, all that looks really great. And uh, this panel's not in this particular issue, but I did want to call it out. Did you read uh, 54? I don't think so. Okay, well, in 54, Superman, like, uses Metallo's energy source to power mm. himself up. And he, like, it's like you see his essence, and it's all around him. It's, like, big and blue. It's huge. And yeah. he just unleashes his power on Metallo. It's such a cool moment. Um, mm. This this book has been amazing. And um, this issue is no exception. I loved it. Uh, I thought it was fine okay i didn't have i don't have like any uh you know any problems with it per se i think the the sort of standard uh superman family things that we've been talking about a lot in the discord uh are the problem with action mm. i can't tell the difference between connor and john um the twins, I just like I don't, I don't know what their deal is. I don't particularly care. Yeah. Um, the Metallo stuff though was really interesting. Um, and you know, kind of seeing his origin recontextualized into uh, the fact that his big goal is to be a weapon is cool. It's like, you know, it's like taking that abstraction of when Metallo was, you know, a, a child. And then, like, he literally becomes the physical embodiment of a weapon. Yeah. To protect his, you know, his sister, which ostensibly he's still trying to do. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah. That's the kind of character work that takes a character that people don't care that much about necessarily and makes them, you know, it elevates their cachet a little bit. Now, I've always liked Metallo, really just from a look standpoint and, yeah. a, and, a, and a physicality standpoint. But now I actually care about who the man is. And I'm not going to forget these. These are things that are now on that are now added to his character that probably never go away. Um, and I don't know how much of this was present before Philip Kennedy Johnson jumped on board. But I have loved all the character development with Metallo. It's been fantastic. Um, yeah, like, Metallo doesn't deserve this much attention. Hey, why not? But like, well, because he's, you know, kryptonite robot guy that punches Superman. 
that's like that's cool enough right you know it's like tom king and kite man like hell yeah who gives a shit (laughs) but it's (laughs) it's cool Mm -hmm. um and johnson's doing a really good job with it yeah i completely agree uh i popped i don't know about you but i popped for eradicator in this oh yeah i was gonna ask you uh have you read the death and return stuff I've I've read some of it. Um, I have the like. There's like this really big uh, release that they did, but yeah. I, I didn't read that much of it to be honest. Everything I know about that really comes from the Death of Superman video game, and so in oh, that, okay. like Eradicator is just a super badass. He was my favorite one of them to play as, best looking one by far to me, and seeing him pop up here uh, was a real treat for me. In the uh, in the Death and Return series, um, there were four Supermen who returned. Yeah. Um, and for a minute, it really looks like Eradicator and the Cyborg Superman really could be Clark Kent. Like he does, they do an incredible job mm-hmm. at making you go, "Shit, maybe." Um. And so, yeah, it was cool to see them again doing stuff. Yeah. I don't know uh, what they've been doing for the past, you know, 40 years or whatever. I've seen Eradicator uh, somewhere more recently. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but um, it's worth pointing out that this iteration is like, it's like Eradicator's essence without the personality that developed from his interactions on earth right because it's like the uh it's the same as jor-el and right. the, the fortress crystals yeah yeah which is super cool i like you i like that um that you know tool being used in this way i do agree with you that you know um all the like super people it's it's really grating on me uh it's not that i dislike any of the characters as individuals but I find that I'm less interested in characters this powerful the more of them are in any given situation. Yeah. Because whatever, like, the threat that they're presented with in this comic book is literally not a threat. Because they cannot lose to all these robots. What I mean, One Superman can probably deal with this. Yeah. If we're being real, right? So... These robots are there just so that those characters have something to do. And I think that exposes the problem with this book. And that's that's just one problem. I don't think this book has flaws outside of that for me. Um, mm. But it's it's one that it's like p- dedicated page space that I wish was going to other things. And I, don't, yeah. I just wanted to say this too. I don't mind Please. the work that... Um, philip kennedy johnson is doing with the characters i just wish it was being done elsewhere yeah yeah like uh, i kind of wish john and connor were off in their own books doing their own thing yeah and that action if action were to be a family book it's about lois clark and whatever the twins are right right Exactly, exactly. I, I completely agree, agree with that. Um, and I want to talk about Rafa Sandoval's art one more time because the other thing that I really loved was the presentation of his backstory here. 
which has been unfolding yeah. throughout the arc, but here it's really laid out cleanly. Um, and it's just so cool. I I'll show this for those of you who are watching. Um, you know, it's done in a way of like, um, it's like a, like a board with pictures from his past. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just a really, really uh, good mechanism. Honestly, though, those pages are intense. Like the subject matter of what, you know, his childhood was like. Um, really heavy stuff. You got to be ready to see that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, high marks for me on the main story. Um, what did you think about the backups? Uh, the Lois and Clark one is whatever. It's fine. There's a thing happening over there. The art Wee Weeks. Yeah. Is incredible. No complaints about that. Right. The one after that one is uh atrocious. Oof. Um, yeah, I just absolutely cannot bring myself to care about that. And you know, I keep coming back to frustration as it relates to DC right now, packing these books in with, you know, B and C stories uh, after the main story that I just can't, I don't want to read. Like, I, I don't want to read these stories. I'd rather pay the dollar less to not have those stories there. Yeah. Honestly. But I get, it, I get yeah. why they're doing it. They're giving writers a shot. They're giving artists a shot. You know, and, and I can appreciate that when it comes to the second story. Um, but, you know, come on, man. You got you to gotta give value. Got to provide value. Yeah, have you, did you did you read that third story at all? I skimmed it because I read the first the first installment and I just couldn't yeah. do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you look at any of the dialogue in it? I I read the first couple of pages and then I you know I knew that I needed to move on. Oof, boy. Is there something you want to highlight? <laughs> just the just the way that uh, who's the uh, who's the the writer on that? There's a name I didn't recognize. Labeled as Dorado Quick. Yeah, I don't know what the deal with that person is, but they uh, are very much trying to use teenage slang and uh, toward the end, uh, black people slang that uh, from two characters, two characters who I don't want to be the white guy in the room. I don't think they would speak to each other that way. So I tuned out when I read the word bruh. And then I mm -hmm. read, you know, the vibes. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, um, I couldn't deal with that. Um, that's just not for me. Flip, but uh, flip to the end where Mr. Terrific shows up. Not, oh my God. Nat ha. You lost the bet, fair and square. You should have been studying the specs I sent you instead of roasting my suit. Being steel is more than just swinging a hammer. Not your niece, brother. Armor up. Oh, it's like that? This is just terrific. Should have known. Yeah. But can... you, you know you done messed up now, right? 
Like, what? Oh my god, are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? That's Mr. Terrific saying that shit? It's Mr. Terrific saying that. I don't that. believe that at all. That's supposed to be the same guy that was in Tom King's uh, 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 um, Strange Adventures, quizzing himself nonstop, talking about something you know you done messed up now. That's, uh, that's the second smartest man in the DC universe, like, and, and by the way, let me say, it, you know, there's no amount of uh, of intelligence or anything like that that precludes a person from, um, you know, code switching, which is the term that references yeah. when you get around people that you are very comfortable with, you speak a certain way, and when you're not comfortable around certain people, you speak a different way. Like, I don't always speak this way. If I'm around my friends that I grew up with, I speak a different way. And so that's all cool, and we understand that. Mr. Terrific does not come across as the kind of guy who does that. He comes across as the kind of guy who plays things straight all the time. I have not seen something so egregious <laughs> since the Miles Thor, <laughs> the Miles Morales Thor issue. Oh my god, I forgot about that, that, uh, that comic book. Oh, I was going to say something else. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> rough too. That was rough. Um, so uh, Alexander Bruno says, you guys are saying my exact thoughts on this issue. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, it's it's hard to ignore, quite frankly. Brutal. Um, yeah. And thank you, Matt. If um, Yeah, I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling on this. I love this comic book. I really do. I really do. Um, I think Action Comics is great, but the backstory or the, the side stories, the Lee Weeks one is fine with Dan Jurgens writing it and Elizabeth Brett Weiser on, on colors. I love that creative team, yeah. but I can't, I don't care too much about the story. And then the last, I mean, we just, you know, we just told you why we didn't care for the, the second backstory. So um, where are you at with this? You pulling? Uh, yeah, I'd pull. Yeah. Um, if it weren't for the show, I wouldn't be reading it, but I'm enjoying it. Okay. So yeah, I pull. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I'm still loving it. Uh, I haven't, I haven't ever been a Superman fan before the last like year. So, yeah. um, yeah, loving it. Uh, if you're loving us, there are plenty of ways for you to support the podcast. The best way to do so is Patreon.com/slash/TheComicsPals, where uh, for as little as $3 a month, you can support your boys, get access to a ton of uh, great stuff. On our end, we've got a show, an exclusive show called Palling Around, where we talk about whatever we feel like talking about. Um, and it gives you a, a closer look at you know who we are, what we think about things outside of comics, and stuff like that. Uh, you also get to vote in the book club poll. Uh, you get... <laughs> you get a nickname and a shout out here on the show or on the main show rather and a whole host of other uh, cool things so head on over and check out our Patreon page we think you guys will enjoy it um, if you want to watch this show live you can do so every single Thursday at 6pm Eastern uh, Saturdays at 10.15am Eastern we're going to be talking all about the image uh, the <laughs> What's what's been going on with Image, and they're them leaving Diamond. That is huge news. I have a lot to say about that. I'm sure the rest of the pals do as well. So we're gonna we're gonna tackle that this Saturday. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. Join our Discord server for you know continuing conversations on all things comics, movies, video games, 
TV, weeb stuff, whatever your flavor, it's probably represented in our Discord server. So come hang out with us for that. And we've don't even yeah. got a we've even got a jock server in there. Yeah. A gym. Yep. A gym. Uh purge yourself of your body and of your uh your uh, your grief and your pain. People sharing their their personal experiences there, uh, sharing their positive stories there, mm-hmm. and sh- sharing their uh, their body gains. So cool stuff right. happening over there. I know you were looking for, you were looking at me for a second, kill like I was, I was really, nuts, but really wondering where you were going. Yeah, hey, listen, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so um, it's a great place, and you should come hang out with us. We're always having fun. Uh, you know what else is fun? At least for me, I don't know about you. We'll find out in a moment. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Mm. Uh, we're going to be talking Unstoppable Doom Patrol number three up next, written by Dennis Culver, who we actually had join us on the main show uh, a couple of weeks ago. That was a lot of fun. Uh, listen to that if you haven't. But uh, we've got art by Chris Burnham, colors by Brian Reber, and uh, letters by Pat Brousseau. So a great creative team. And I, I, I'm going to say this right out the gate. I love this comic book. This... I'm not sure if it was my pick of the week. We still have books to talk about. But this page right here that I'm holding up, the one that just shows the oh, card yeah. and the car and the principal characters, you know, an image of them over it. First of all, I saw Fast and the Furious in that. Um, I mean, it's literally called the Fast and the Nebulous. I didn't even read that part, but I just thought of Fast and the Furious. So perfect timing on that. But that page is why I love this book so much. That page is a perfect representation of why I love this book so much. Because it's all style. What does that page even represent, right? Like, that's not really happening. That's not That's right. not there. It's just style, right? It's just presentation. Yep. It looks cool as shit. It's, yeah, it's literally just a credits page uh, where Chris Burnham gets to show off. Yep. Like, yeah, it looks tremendous. Mm-hmm. Can I can I stop the conversation? Is is Elizabeth Brettweiser blacklisted? What you mean, Matt? Can you? Uh, this uh, you know? this was a a while back. Uh, Mitch, um, I believe he came out as a CG. Well, came out. He was revealed to be a a, a pretty hardcore CGer. Um, and I think she took a lot of flack for not, not siding with him. Wait, this was a while ago. This was a while ago. She got blacklisted for him being, uh, well, I, I don't think she got blacklisted. I think she just kind of had other work and kept her full mouth shut. (laughs) I see. I see. All right. <laughs> Sorry for that derailment, but I, I, could I, be, I, Matt would will know better than me. I'm pretty sure. I'm just uh, I'm a huge fan of her work, so I I didn't know that though. I didn't know that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would love to hear more. Um, but this particular issue of Doom Patrol has everything, and this is what is so good about this comic book. Every issue so far has all the same ingredients. It, the, every issue has done the same thing. Introduce a new character, use some, uh, well, I, actually, I can't say if the second issue used 
other DC characters in it. Well, it did have Peacemaker, so. Um, use other oh, DC characters to be a part of the mix. Yeah. Be funny and be heartfelt. Every one of them has done those four things. And this one has all those ingredients. We get Star Bro. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? Uh, I Listen, I love Starro. Um, number one Starro fan right here. Uh, I think it was great. I don't have a problem with it at all. I Frankly, I hope this comes around to uh, bite the Doom Patrol in the ass. I hope this is the thing. Because <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Starro just rules. So I did not like Starro in the uh, Suicide Squad film. I've been on record with that. And it's and your worst opinion. We all know. Listen, trust me. It's not probably not the only one in the minds of the people. Um, but, and I don't care about Starro in comics either. But Star Bro, now that they got me with. That they got me with. Why? Because they... They took this goofball fool, right? And they gave him, you know, obviously incredible power by yeah. by making him a Starro. Um, and then on top of that, they managed to interweave a dialogue about respecting pronouns and, and, and names and what, you know, what individuals want to be called. Mm-hmm. Which I, you know, through the conversation between um, Negative Man, right? That's the bandage guy. these characters are new to me and 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 so i just forget their names constantly um but yeah and robot man that was a great conversation well constructed by uh dennis culver yeah in in any other uh hands i feel like it would be a little ham-fisted yeah and to be honest i don't think it's not like I, I still think there is an element of it that is a little ham-fisted but I think it's pulled off with uh, Robot Man in a way that's like believably ham-fisted yeah you know like you can see just a, a redneck race car driver being like oh I had no idea Right. Like, he's not a douchebag in the sense that he's he's a douchebag, right, in a certain context and in a certain way. And he certainly isn't, you know, he's uncouth. He doesn't know about all the, like, rules of what's PC and things like that. What he knows, though, is that, you know, if you care about someone, um, you treat them decently. Yeah. And he realizes through this conversation that he didn't treat his friend decently in the past, but he has an opportunity to be a better man now, and he chooses it. And he chooses it with no reluctancy. And I, I thought that was a, a good scene that works because of the people involved. Yeah. And, and sharp writing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the special guests. They're on the cover. Um, we got Guy Gardner, and uh, I always forget his name. <laughs> Kyle Rayner. Thank you so much. Yeah, we have Guy, uh, Guy and Cal. Kyle, um, what did you think about their appearance here, Kale? Uh, very little. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, 
you know, Guy is Guy. He he has a uh, a very distinct voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have put any other Green Lantern there, and uh, uh, with Guy, and it would have been fine. Yeah, Kyle just kind of blends into the into the background. It, you know. The reason it probably wasn't Kilowog was because it was Guy Gardner, right? Like, you can't have those two distinct voices when you're also trying to match the other voices. Right. Um, but, like, Kyle could have been replaced with John, could have been replaced with Gnort, could have been replaced with the fucking planet. Yeah. Mogo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's fun. I, the, uh, (laughs) the fact that they could, Oh, oh, yeah, the the twist where um, Starbro projects uh, an image into their rings, I thought was brilliant. That was crazy. Um, and it like it 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 shows that like Starro could really, if he put his mind to it, I think he could really do some real damage mm-hmm. to the Green Lanterns. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I love their their appearance. They do end up getting jobbed out um, because they get duped. But ultimately, I don't care about these Green Lanterns, and I have grown used to seeing Guy get chumped now as a result of uh, Human Target. So I just assume that that's that that's what he is, uh, and that's yeah. all he that's all that happens with him. Well, and so. since since the the famous Justice League International panel where Batman just decks him and <laughs> knocks him out in one punch, it's just like, you know, that's his that's his role. Oh, that's that's unfortunate, but hey, uh, that's that's his lot in life. What do you think about the Burnham art? Um, this one felt a little rougher in some places than what I remember of the other two. Mm. Um, especially especially with the lantern figures, I think. Uh, and maybe maybe because they weren't necessarily weird enough. You know, he's not drawing a robot. He's not drawing a bandaged character. He's not drawing... Uh, a teeth man fighting a uh, 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 pterodactyl, right. you know. Right. Yeah, I know. What in you a mean. book, in a book of absolutely weird shit, it's actually the humans that come off looking just a little off. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't all the way loving guy's face a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, that felt like a deliberate choice in that case to present him as being a little bit like more blocky and um, douchey looking. But I yeah. agree in general that I, I wasn't loving that. Um, overall, though, I, I really enjoy Burnham's art. And I'm so glad that we're actually like getting more consistent uh, Chris Burnham. This is going to be mm. six issues. Uh, or seven, rather. Um, I believe that uh, it's been announced that this got extended by one issue. And so... Um, but I think that extension doesn't extend to Burnham. I think they're bringing in a different artist to hit that. I believe that's what I uh, read. 
think yeah i think you're right we're we're getting six one way or another with with burnham with burnham yeah yeah absolutely um yeah just great looking stuff on on you know when it comes to burnham i don't really have anything too crazy to say but i just enjoyed it a lot the art yeah um yeah this is an easy 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 pull and as I think about the books that we still have yet to talk about, like I don't know if this is my pick of the week because I enjoyed quite a bit of, of, of what came out, but this gets really high marks for me. I really loved it. It might be mine. It might be mine. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. This is great. Yeah. Uh, the, you should be reading this 100%. I think if you yeah. – even if you don't care about the Doom Patrol because I didn't care about them, and uh, this is just a fun comic book, so buy it. Yep poll this week which you guys can of course vote on beginning every single friday morning all the way until wednesday and uh whatever wins that poll will be read we will read and review here on the show um and so this did win the poll uh and it's by joshua williamson with art by sean isaacs um and colors by romulo fajardo jr with letters by troy pateri uh I did not care too much for the first issue. I felt that it was too reliant on you having a relationship with these characters to feel, um, to be effective. And this issue kind of follows up on the treads of the last one, leaving me feeling similarly disinterested, I must say. Um, I I don't feel any connection to this story at all. Yeah, uh, this issue actually really turned me off. Um, I do not care about Oliver Queen on uh, an alien planet. Yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, that that is that feels like such an unbelievable mismatch. It reminds me of when Cap was in Dimension Z by Rick yep. Remender, which yep. I I did not care much for that arc. Um, yeah, me either. And this reminds me of that. I don't want to see the Arrow guy in space. I want to see the Arrow guy on Earth or whatever, wherever he's at right now, whatever this dimension is. I'm not looking for this. Um, you know, I want to dig in deep. Who is this guy? You know, what does he care about? Let's see these the, the people that, that mean the most to him. You know, um, Black Canary is sidelined, which I don't care for very much. I mean, she's working to try to find him. And that's nice. Um, but she's not where the action's at. You know? And so we're spending time with characters that are new, um, at least to, to me, uh, like the daughter, the daughter of, uh, of Arsenal. Um, we're spending time with her. And, 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 you know, I just... I don't, don't care about this. Yeah. the This new status quo for Ollie um, is, you know, it... It it doesn't make him new, but it doesn't help. Uh, it doesn't help us understand where he is right. either. Uh, right. You know his his whole thing is that he he's always a character who and and you know this is going off of uh, the previous issue, and I I believe I read it some here as well. Um, his whole thing is that he's always the one that ends up stranded. You know, on an island, on whatever. Um, and so he has to make his way to survive. Um, and that's 
you know that's cool cool i'm i'm even a fan of putting the green arrow on a deserted island again <laughs> but this just like this feels like a bit of a jump the shark he also doesn't feel limited by this like he's kind of just yeah. doing what he would normally do yeah the food's crappy but oh well big deal um, well, he's got this uh he's got this uh robot arm yeah and he doesn't take it off he doesn't you know it's not we don't get anything uh we don't get anything that shows that he's had any particular challenges right like yeah um i i i'm i really like joshua williamson a lot as a as a writer i enjoy what he does this just doesn't feel right if it, it, it just it feels like one of those books I, I constantly ask myself who is this for and you know i'm sitting here right now with a person that enjoys green arrow and it's not for you and i don't enjoy green arrow because i haven't historically read the character and it's not for me so who's the target i guess um yeah. This doesn't have heat. This doesn't have heat. Yeah. It's not it's not bringing anything out yet. You know, maybe them getting the whole family together will be good, but you know, at the moment even the family aspect of it is uh 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 uh, uh, uh divided. Yeah. And when I got to the last page and I saw Peacemaker, I was just, I was just done. Like, I'm Man. so sick of seeing Peacemaker everywhere that I look. Every, every fucking DC comic I pick up has Peacemaker in it. And if Peacemaker's not in that issue, he was in the one before or he'll be in the one after. He's in everything. That's nuts. This character that nobody's heard of is in absolutely everything now. Boy, oh boy. DC, relax with Peacemaker. Like it's he's he I feel like he has to be in more books than than Batman at this point. Like please someone someone compare the amount of appearances in a comic book that Batman had last month or this month or whatever to the amount of appearances that Peacemaker has had. Cuz he got a new book, he's in this uh, I forget what what other book I saw. He's in Doom Patrol, actually. Um, not in this w week's issue, but in uh, the prior one. So he's just all over the map. It's ridiculous. Uh, Peacemaker's going to be the big bad. I mean, he's the big bad. Oh, yeah, he was in Titans. Thank you. He's the... He was... Um, he's Amanda Waller's puppet, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I'm cool with that. I actually like that concept. I just feel like he's too everywhere like reel it back and especially if that's where they're going with stuff you know like they teased at the end of uh crisis yeah yeah uh but it's like you know what else is moving you know exactly i i, I completely agree like there are other characters you could probably feature it's just it's just nuts um, it's absolutely nuts. 
I love Aaron the comments. Ruiz. Go ahead. Yeah, Aaron Ruiz says, uh, Peacemaker, truly the fifth pillar of DC after Harley Quinn, of course. No, 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 no. Listen, <laughs> your numbering is slightly off because there truly are four pillars of DC. And I will, they're, they're as follows. Batman. Obviously. Right, of course. Uh, Superman, who's only now in the number two spot, by the way. I wouldn't have said that five years ago. Yeah, and that's arguable. Harley Quinn. Yeah. And Peacemaker. Wonder Woman is bumped. Yeah. Bumped. Done. They don't care about Wonder Woman. They don't. To me, DC has proven that time and time and time again. Not the Joker, because the Joker right now is on cooldown. I feel like DC pulled the Joker back a little bit. Thank God. But don't worry, because he always resurfaces with... I mean, he has a solo title right now, but the solo title, the appearances in Batman, Detective Comics, just get Jokered out. So, yeah, um... I, I, you know what I do like, though, about this book, just to bring it back to Green Arrow, is I do like the Sean Isaacs art. Um, it is strong. I really, really like the coloring as well, the combination of the uh, Fajardo Jr. coloring and the, um, and the art is great. The only problem for me, again, is that I don't care for the story. If this book, man, if this book was like... Who could... Who, who, man, who would be a great character that needs a book right now that doesn't have one that I would love to see substituted for this? I feel like Isaacs could do... Does Aquaman have a book? I don't know. I feel like this could... We could we should have an Aquaman book. <laughs> Top lane says Firestorm. Firestorm, sure. <laughs> why not? Why not? Isaacs is busy doing Green Arrow... I, I actually I'd like to read Williamson and Isaacs on any of those other books. I just I I I can't believe Williamson has the the opportunity to do Green Arrow, yeah. a traditionally street level hero book, which I think Williamson would be great for. Right. And he put him in space. What? Yeah. I I I just I don't know. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel this is, right. This is like when Mark Wade took uh, Doctor Strange into space. What? Yeah. Why? I mean, I guess sometimes it can produce great results. You take someone and put them in a wacky situation. But um, for me right now, this is not working. I pass yeah. on this. And I'm sorry, uh, voters, but this was a big flop. I wish I had a... I wish I had a sound effect to play because this didn't this didn't do it. What's the what's the Price is Right uh, uh, mountain? What is the 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 yodeler? Bum, 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 bum. Oh, there you go. Absolutely, absolutely. However, had this book won the listener poll instead, we might be having a different conversation. But we're going to talk about it anyways. We're, we're going to talk about City Boy. How this book didn't win. Well, Joshua Williamson uh, retweeted us, retweeted our poll, so that's why Green Arrow won. Okay, there yeah. it is. Um, I don't think that you guys, you know, the active listeners would have chosen that just because City Boy was coming out. But um, Greg Pak is on this one. 
uh, with art by Minkyu Minkyu Young. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, Sunny Go on colors and Wes Abbott on the letters. Um, so City Boy is a We Are Legends title, which is a branding that DC has been using to showcase their AAPI characters um, and creators. So far, uh, we also got The Vigil, which was tremendous. And this is the second book up. And I loved this. I thought this was awesome. Yeah. I have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. But I also want to keep going. So I think I like it. So before we before we dive in to this fully, will you join me, Kale, in saying the phrase that one must say when one is talking about this comic book? Absolutely. All right, you I ready? follow you to the ends of the earth. Glad to hear it. So on my mark, three, uh -huh. two, one. City boys. City boys. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yo, I'm gonna listen. Get, I'm going to get arrested or something now. You might. I? I don't even know what I said. You have to watch out. Um, I haven't read a Greg Pot comic book in a really long time, and I thought yeah. this was excellent. Just just a, a really um, a great understanding of what we needed to see for from this first issue. We understand who City Boy is. We understand that this is a character whose morality is influenced by his history. Yeah. He doesn't mind scrounging and potentially thieving and finding stuff because this is what he has to do to survive. He understands the necessity of survival and doing it by any means, you know, any means necessary. So I appreciated that. Um, he's not a bad guy by any means, but he does find himself in some, uh, some bad situations. And we find ourselves right in the middle of that. Pac doesn't waste any time. We see his origin. That's handled very well, I thought. Um, and it's broken up between, you know, pieces of the issue. We see um, three different timelines. We see him as a boy. We see him when he gains his powers. And we see him, you know, in the current time. And somehow, I don't even know if this was, I don't think this was an extended issue or an expanded issue. But somehow, Pac managed to fit all of that in a regular comic book, and it felt breezy. Pac's an old veteran yeah. at this point. Like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, And the way, yeah, the way he thread, especially toward the end, where he threads it all together so that you can see, like, these are the three moments oh, man. Uh, in this character's life, like, Cameron is in Cameron's yeah. life. Um, it's tremendous. And yeah. And speaking of that moment, I think that was probably my favorite moment from any of the comics that we read this week. Um, Young did a, did an amazing job with that piece. Yeah. Just showing, yeah. um, just depicting that absolutely incredible. Um, I guess I can show it. I don't see why not. Uh, if I can find it, <laughs> but yeah, this 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 comic book impressed me a lot. I really really enjoyed it. Um, oh, here it is. Yeah, this is kind of that's what you're referring to, right? When it all kind of comes together. Yeah. 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 
Um, and it's and what it's showing is you know these these pivotal moments in his history uh, and present all happening at the same time. You know him watching this this homeless guy that he was you know kind of sort of helping out get killed and throwing up. Uh, the moment he gets his powers, being having this device forced on his head and you know experimented on. And then watching his the car with his mother in it um, drive off, you know, and a really heartfelt origin, yeah, mixed with action, mixed with fun, and and a bit of com, com, you know comedic elements, and a very interesting power set. Yeah, I have questions about the power set. Um... But I think that will I, – I trust it to unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. That was really good. Yeah. All around. 100%. Let, well, let's talk about uh, Cameron's powers as City Boy. So the actual comic shows it in a very, um, a very basic way. My understanding mm-hmm. is that he is fully connected – with the city that he is in in the sense that he has like uh it reminds me of doug from um from the x-men but there's another character with his power too uh he's he's in he's a dc character he's in the outsiders jack hawksmore i think is his name is that his oh, name? oh okay yeah is he i didn't know he was in the outsiders okay I, maybe yeah. he's not maybe he's not but um, uh from swamp thing that was that was where we saw him where we yeah. saw him or yeah. where I saw him recently, yeah. yeah. Not not uh not the outsiders, the the Superman team. Gosh. Oh authority? Is it the authority? He's a part Superman. of something. He's a part yeah. of something. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the authority. But anyway, he has a similar power. Okay, yeah. I was also thinking of the character the actually the old Doom Patrol character, uh Danny the Street. Oh, Danny Street. No, 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 Danny the Street. Okay, um, it's literally like a sentient city block. Hmm. Uh, that the Doom Patrol like regularly interacts with. Okay, interesting. Now, in in the old days, I think Cameron would have been connected. They would have connected Danny the Street and City Boy to whatever is going on with you know uh, a, a spoiler at the end i guess with inner gang and dark side right um i would be very curious if greg puck has also made this connection or if it's completely separate because uh you know we don't see a ton of the actual power set in this book and i i haven't seen this character yet i know they were in the lazarus stuff my understanding from the summary at the at the end of the book is he can tap into the essence of cities and they're represented as animals yeah and that's completely different from whatever danny the street is okay yeah so well I am on the hook for this book. I've loved it. 
I think this is this was this was fantastic. A really great read. Um, I think this will be my pick of the week. Actually, um, it's just so good. And and Top Lane said it right. Zero expectations, and it was great. I wanted to read this for the name, and so we could shout out City Boys. That's it. Um, but I ended up coming away from this with a really a, a really enjoyable book that I think um, I think DC's doing great work with these. We are legends. I didn't know uh, someone in the chat corrected me that this is actually the third book and that uh, there was one prior um, or that spirit that, world. Yeah, yeah. That spirit world had come out first and then the vigil and then this. So I haven't read that one. And actually I know why I skipped it. It's because Alyssa Wong was writing it and I didn't care for her um, iron fist. I believe she had, she was working on, but um, over at Marvel. So yeah, I skipped out on that one, but uh, this one high praise go buy it 100%. Yeah, definite pull. Yeah. Great book. Last, but maybe not least, who knows? We'll see. We're talking about Fury, number one. Commemorating 60 years of the world's most dangerous super spy. Well, let me tell you something, you lovely people. Uh, It took me about 60 years to read this. You're speaking to a life model decoy <laughs> of Sean Bartley. Um, yeah. Because the real Sean is an old man now. Yeah. Of 90 years old. Yep. This was so long. Yep. So, Al Ewing, of course, uh, wrote this. I say of course because Al Ewing is doing all of the anniversary celebration books i feel like you got the ant-man one the wasp yeah one, and now this one okay um, yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask about that yeah and so uh this was with art by scott eaton and cam smith for pages one through 11 and 20 uh 12 through 19 had tom riley 21 through 28 had adam kubert 29 through 40 had ramon rosanas colors by jordi belair and letters by joe caramagna so, no complaints. Great group of artists. <laughs> yeah. But my God, did this take so long to read? Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I I had to read this before the show, and I read everything else yesterday. And boy, do I wish I read this yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, I, I read this one yesterday, uh, and I was th- I was thanking myself today, uh, you know, 100%, because this was... Look, you know what? It's not even that I didn't like the story. So let's talk about what this issue is. It's essentially a celebration of, you know, Nick Fury's history as a character. and yeah. it, but it, But there are two Nick Furies, and so we see Nick Fury and Nick Fury Jr., um, sort of both working on a mystery that's been unfolding since Nick Fury's beginning. It's a pretty, um, it's a pretty typical concept for a book like this. Where I thought the book shined, though, um, was in the execution because I actually did enjoy this book. Um, yeah, I thought it was real good. Yeah, and actually, for me, it was this the actual commemorative, commemorative stuff yep uh that really shined for me when nick fury jr was reading a comic book of his dad's like past 
And reading that comic book helps him figure out what's going on, what could be going on, because there's this Scorpio enemy that he's facing, but people who've been reading Marvel comics or just read this comic um, will know that there has been multiple Scorpios. And so this issue ties all of that lineage uh, together, which is pretty fun um, mm. because I forgot about the prior Scorpios. There was a Scorpio in Amazing Spider-Man who was like a diviner or something like that. Like the whole group was based on um, doing something at a very specific there was a, a small window in which they could do a very specific thing, and they were using the Zodiac uh, key to do that, um, and using Zodiac signs and all that. It was a pretty cool story, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. If that's if this is a part of that, I feel like I recall. Now that you describe it, I feel like I recall something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, um, and so that's that's. I think that might have been referenced here as well, but uh, this book. You know, ties into Nick Fury's war days. It shows yeah. us like the zany, like Jack Kirby. No, uh, no, not Jack. No. Kirby. I was very much hoping you would uh, uh, not know this. Okay, it's a classic, classic Jim Steranko. Oh, seventies uh, like psychedelic spy art. Okay. Oh, the best stuff. The well, art is incredible. Well, I'm with you. Um, that that part of the story was actually really cool. Yeah. Um, and I, man, I I felt like I was falling into some like some of those pages where it looks like he's just falling into color. Like I'll, yeah. I'll show it here. Like it's just so remarkable. Um, and it, it, it feels like he's falling into the seventies. And that's that's what the entire Starenko era is. Man, that was cool. Yeah. Just that's awesome. a. That's an era of comics that I would love to visit. With a lot of the stuff that I've been reading about recently, um, behind the scenes as I do research, I agree, man. Like this kind of art now turns me on. And oh, hey, hey, whoa. excuse me. Whoa. <laughs> and and seeing Nick Fury in that kind of environment is so weird because you go, oh, he doesn't belong there. He's a he's a war guy. But yeah. I love the the stretchiness of some of these characters where, you know, Marvel or DC will go, hey, why not throw them in this crazy environment? And somehow it works. We just yeah. saw that with Green Arrow. And we said that doesn't work, right? But here we are with Nick Fury, and he's in crazier scenarios, and we're like, oh, this, this feels perfect. Well, and I think so much of it with Nick Fury, and, you know, I haven't read a lot of that old stuff, but a lot of it is so impressionistic mm -hmm. and they were really trying to capitalize on to capitalize on um you know the the james bond craze and right. um i have to imagine there's some um avengers influence in there as well sure uh, the british the avengers yeah I, i've yeah. seen that before um so you know, I think I think some of you know where it's stuff where he's falling into the color, and it's so impressionistic, you know. Yeah. And that's probably a completely wrong art term, but um, it's not it's not so upsetting because you you know you're still sort of grounded with Nick, mm -hmm. whereas it it sort of feels like with Green Arrow, 
we don't we still don't know what's going on right and also you and i both know that nick fury's past includes this kind of thing so yeah. it's like just automatically easier to accept yeah but look it's also done really well al ewing is so good at this kind of story yeah yeah i i have some complaints mm-hmm. but the you know the overall journey we went on i had a great time with yeah absolutely. uh the, yeah the tom riley stuff was uh, as, as soon as you said that name i went oh that's why i liked it yes. so much and tom riley of course uh is al ewing's partner on the uh um if, correct me if i'm wrong but i believe he was his partner on the ant-man uh mm-hmm. stuff so yeah you know you're perf- absolutely correct. perfect collaboration yeah. between those two bringing that back into the fold um, so I, I really appreciated Tom's contributions here. Overall, honestly, this was a great book. And this was another book that competed for me with Pick of the Week this week. Because other than the length, which I might be still reading the comic, I'm not sure anymore. I am a life model decoy after all. Um, yeah, of course. Other than that, there was nothing not to enjoy. I had some trouble with uh, sort of the over-explaining yeah. that Al does in the book. You know, it's uh, there are times when he, where Al, the writer, tells you what's going on on the panel. Mm. You know, he's explaining the art or whatever, and and I think I think I've said this before about Al is that if it I, I don't know if it's that he doesn't always know his writer, so he doesn't necessarily trust them to communicate, or he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what's what they'll draw. So he has to like put the exact thing in the in the caption sure. box. Whereas he there were there was a lot where it really felt like he didn't need to do that. Yeah, I think I always keep in mind with these particular books that Al is probably doing that stylistically. Yeah. Or at least there's a possibility of it. Yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. I don't like that. I don't (laughs) I don't appreciate that as a as a a style. But I understand, obviously, that comics were like that in the past. Um, It's not something that I want to see, though, for sure. Um, I just can't get over those freaking those Tom Riley pages. I'm 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 just looking through the book and it's just so good. Um, when the yeah. when then the Qbert stuff, you know, is it's funny that like Qbert's a name that's been around a long time, you know, and and getting Andy Qbert to do those war pages that his dad would have done. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, like, um, it's incredible. Yeah. But they don't hold a candle to these Tom Riley pages, I gotta tell you. <laughs> I mean, gosh, imagine Al, you know, getting to work with all these talented artists um, in one book. Man. Getting to write for every one of them. That's so cool. And the Zodiac Key, which is kind of the, like... Uh, MacGuffin, I guess, 
Yeah. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a popular artifact item. Like, it's not an Infinity Stone. It's not a, you know, the Cosmic Control Rod or anything like that. Um, it's a pretty low tier artifact item. And so seeing it used here, seeing the power of it, and seeing its lineage all in one comic was pretty cool, especially if you have seen it before, which, quite frankly, you yeah. might not have <laughs> reading Marvel comics. It's possible you haven't. Yeah. So I like I like that, too. Um, I kind of wish this was broken up into maybe two a two-parter, but, it you know, it, we read it, we're on the other side of it, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a great time. Uh, pull for me. Definitely. It's, yeah. it is a $6 comic, but I gotta say this was $6 action was $5. And I feel like I got a lot more bang for my buck with this one because I didn't care about the action backstories. Yeah. You know what? I'll say that I, uh, I, I will definitely pay more for a complete story Yeah, and be cool with that. Right, you could we could have like this could have been five dollars and two parts, or like four dollars and two parts, yeah, or one one book for six bucks and we get the whole thing with no backstories, no side stories, just yep. the one long main story. Love it. Yep, love it. Yeah. Uh, Chill says I thought the last page had a minor error worth noting. It said be sure not to miss FF number seven last week's book. Well, it does also say on sale now. So I think they're just trying to indicate to you that you should go buy that book because Nick Fury's in that as well. Um, but it does say that that book is 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 on sale now. So don't miss it. Don't yeah. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. They should put that up front, by the way, so that if you open the book in the store, you can go. Oh, okay, I'll get that too. But mm. uh, in any event, you know, I wanted to talk, Kale, while we're here, a little bit about. Um, what I've been reading. I don't know if you've if you've been reading anything, but we have a couple minutes, so I thought uh, I would talk a little bit about what I've been reading. I've been reading Detective Comics by Rom V. As we are, okay. of course, preparing okay. to interview Rom V here on June third, which you all should show up for. Um, and so I've been re- I've been catching up with that. And you know what? I didn't like it. I did not enjoy the first couple of issues when we reviewed them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that I'm a little bit deeper, I'm actually enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Actually, I actually like it. It's pretty good. Um, It's one of those cases where clearly Rom V has a long story that he's trying to tell. That week over week or month over month, um, it's not all that clear where it's going. Um, and I'm still not all the way clear on where it's going. But now that the pieces are getting into place and some of the stuff he's been doing with Harvey Dent and Two-Face has been really interesting. And I love that stuff. I love that stuff. So I've been I've been enjoying Detective Comics quite a bit. I do think that there's a level and a layer underneath that I'm not picking up on quite yet. Uh, but I do want to know if there are other readers who are getting more out of it than I am. And I'm already really enjoying it. So I'm just wondering if there's more under the surface. Hell yeah. Yeah, I was very surprised uh, when we did the Detective Comics books that you weren't into it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that um, you are. 
Yeah. And that is finally working for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. I have no idea if I'm reading anything. I just <laughs> got just got rid of Comixology Unlimited. Finally pulled that trigger. Uh, or threw away that trigger. Hold on a second. I just had a critical error. Ooh, boy. Uh, are we still live? Nope. No, we are not. Or are we? Uh, I think we are. Oh, yeah. yeah Looks like we we're are. back. Okay, weird. Uh, listeners, can you hear us? Are we what audible to you? What is going on? Yeah, I don't know. Just a, a weird, weird tech issue. But it, we are still here. Uh, us? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're still live. Sorry. Go ahead. Looks okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, got rid of Comics Comicsology Unlimited. Um, recently, uh, Viz Viz Manga. Uh, announced a similar subscription to. Uh, Shonen Jump, mm-hmm. two bucks a month. That's everything they got. Um, so I am going to subscribe to that because I think I realized I don't know what I want out of comics right now. <laughs> I'm I'm having a lot of trouble with that um, because I'm also I think I'm as a as a, as a creative I think I'm sort of making this weird transition period where like I'm still very much a fan of comics but I'm really focusing on tv and film so i've just been watching an absolute ton of sitcoms and stuff and i'm just there's something that's not uh connecting with me at the moment um and i i don't know because i also on top of all that recently had the thought damn i I really want to make a comic So I don't, I don't know, I don't know where I'm at. It feels funny. I think that's one of those instances where uh, you have to do a little bit of everything, maybe, yeah. um, just to satisfy that itch. And like, you don't want to, you don't want to um, put the comics on pause, right? Right. Yeah, they're my love. Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely tough. Uh, every every creator we interview, I feel like, is always like, oh God, I have a. I have a, a a pull list a mile long of unread comics or whatever. Oh, most of these, I have I have this. There's one literally right next to me, and there's another one here. And then everything else on my iPad that I have digitally, most of it I haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're all in that in that situation to some degree. Like it's just hard. It's it's hard to find the time, and yet we find the time to watch, uh, you know, hour long shows and things like that. But comics are weird. Um, I don't get that uh, privilege. <laughs> you seen this monster I have to take care of? Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right. We only we're not that enthused about next week's comics, so uh, <laughs> I picked World Tree number two. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the first issue. I thought it was uh, very, very good. Uh, James Tinian, uh, you know, always writing great horror comics, um, great comics in general. 
Um, but we've yeah. got him. We've got Fernando Blanco, Jordi Belair. So a really great creative team. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what happens next with this book. So The other thing that uh, – look, I'm not on the Spider-Man train. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the spoilers. You know, I wasn't on last week's show, but I saw the spoilers. I am – wildly frustrated the way you know it seems like everybody else is mm-hmm. um you and tyler picked spider-man 26 yep i had the thought maybe i'll pick spider-man and then i was just like why i know what's gonna happen marvel's <laughs> shot themselves in the foot i don't care yeah, the cat's out of the bag. We're not going to talk about it here, but um, yeah, you guys can listen to our last uh, episode of the main show to know what we're talking about if you don't know already. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to read it. We're going to review it. There's no doubt about that. We will be talking Amazing Spider-Man 26 here next week when it drops. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's no surprise now. There's no surprise now. That's all over with. We know where things are going, so uh, we'll we'll be reviewing it on its merits and on its quality here next week on the show. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week, as we mentioned, to talk about Amazing Spider-Man and whatever else we decide to review. Um, if you want to influence that, you can in, you can vote in the listener poll on Twitter Friday morning. It lasts until Wednesday, so. Head on over there to vote. Cast your vote. Let us know what you want us to read. You guys did strike out this week. You should have voted City Boy. We had to come save you. Yeah, it's it, we we decided to do it anyway just because. But, uh, yeah, the wrong book won in terms of how we felt today. Uh, so, you know, do better. Um, watch this show live every single Thursday on YouTube and Twitch at 6 p.m. Eastern. The main show every Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern. This week, we're going to be talking about Image Comics shifting from Diamond and what that means for the comics industry. Then, on June 3rd, which is next Saturday, we'll be interviewing Rom V, provided that everything, you know, goes the way it's supposed to. So, uh, Spider-Verse comes out on the 2nd, too. Spider-Verse, so we'll, we'll be reviewing that. So we got a lot of stuff going on. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for watching.